Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. If you have a Bible, I'm going to be in the book of Mark, chapter 4. It's where I'm going to be in a moment. Um, I'm going to be in the New Living Translation. If your Bible glows, if you don't have a Bible, don't worry. You know, cheat off your neighbor. It will be on the screen when we get there. And so um, before we get there, though, I want to kind of set up where I'm going. So this week, Pastor Aaron asked me to share on a quote that he wrote down um, on his whiteboard in his office. And the quote is this. It's going to be on the screen so you can write it down, too. Thinking big is thinking long term. That's, that's what he says. He's like, hey, thinking big is thinking long term. This idea that, you know, when we think big, it's not just about here and now, but it's long term. Like, Hey, what's happening after us? All of these big things that like, I don't want the move of God to just die with me, right? Like I want it to be past me, bigger than me, right? And so he, he asked me to take that quote and connect it to something that's really close to my heart. And that is being a generational church. And this idea that we're not just here for who's in the room right now. We're here for people who aren't even born yet. We're here for people who don't even know Jesus. Like this is the idea of that we are generational and I want to say this, it's not just about the next generation. Because sometimes you hear that, and you're like, ah, oh, that's cool. And you're like, no, like, it's not like you're here and we don't really care. No, no, it's about every generation. Being generational is every generation. Because listen, we serve a generational God. We serve a God that introduces himself in the Bible as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. That's how he introduces himself. What he's saying is, I'm going to introduce myself as a generational God. Like Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, that, that tells me there's no generation that's too old, right? When he talks to Abraham, it's not like, ah, uh, you've reached a certain age, so take your seat on the bench. No, no, no. That's not what God says. God's like, hey, if there's breath in your lungs, I have more for you. If you're here, don't quit now. There's more. The best, the best is always yet ahead, right? Like, and he's saying this, hey, I'm the God of Abraham. And then there's no generation that's just kind of like hanging out. Like, you know what I mean? Like you turn like 30, 40, you're like, I'm not like them, and I'm not next, so I'm just here, I guess. Like, that's not true. Like, God says, I'm the God of Isaac. Like, I'm using you too. Like, you're just as important. Well, you're not just here as a placeholder till the next thing comes, right? And you're the God, he's the God of Jacob. What's coming? The next generation. Listen, the next generation, I just want to, like, throw this out there because I, I do work with students, is they're different. They're not defective. Like, I think it's amazing to see what God is doing in their lives. And we cannot discredit a move of God because it's different than what we experienced, right? And so it's, he, we're a generational God. He serves, we serve a generational God. And, and this morning, I wanna take that idea. We think big, we think long-term, and we're generational and talk about something that I think is gonna impact your life, impact my life. Because I think when we think about that, it's like, oh, you work with students, that's your job. We all have a part to play. All of us. Like, if you have a kid in Kids Point right now, you have a part to play. If you have a student who's in 110, you have a part to play. If you're an empty nester, you have a part to play. Hey, if you don't have kids, guess what? You have a part to play. We all have a role to play in being a generational church. And so this morning, I think it's important for us to know we cannot have a generational we until we have a generational me. Until I'm generational thinking, until you are generational thinking, until you think long-term, it's never going to impact all of us, right? And so this morning, we're going to be in the book of Mark, and we're going to pick up in this crazy text. We're going to make some points and be done, all right? So here we go. As evening came, Jesus says to his disciples, time out, 
Disciples are just people who follow Jesus. There were specifically 12 of them. They're following Jesus to learn from him, to grow with him, to say like, hey, teach me, right? So that's what a disciple is. And they say, his disciples, hey, let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now this lake is really big. It's not like a lake like you think of like in West Virginia. Like this lake is like pretty much a small ocean, right? So they took Jesus in the boat and they started out leaving the crowds behind, although some other boats followed but soon, a fierce storm comes up. Some translations say it's a hurricane force storm. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. So then Jesus, this is awesome, he was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. I don't know about you, but have you ever been like, have someone in your life who's like a really sound sleeper? Like, I mean, no, not, some people are looking at their husbands right now. Like, I'm not making eye contact. I'm just up here. I don't want to get in the middle of that one. But all I'm saying is Jesus is sleeping through a hurricane. So obviously, it's a gift. And so the disciples will come up and they, they say, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Don't you care that we're going to die? So Jesus wakes up. He rebukes the wind and he says to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was this great calm. Then they ask, then Jesus asked the disciples, why are you afraid? you still have no faith. And I love this. The disciples were absolutely terrified. And they say, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Who, who is this guy? Hey, for the next few moments, I want to talk to you from this subject. Who is this man? Who is this man? Can you turn to your neighbor like, look your neighbor right in the eyes. You can pick your favorite one. It's okay. Pick your favorite neighbor. Look him right in the eyes and say, neighbor. Oh, okay, time out. Listen, I work with students, and I'm used to them, like, screaming and being excited and actually enjoying church. So fake it for a minute and look at your neighbor with everything that you have and say, neighbor, who is this man? Let's, can we pray? God, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you that you're going to speak to us today. Lord, I pray over these next few moments um, that your word comes alive. I thank you that your Holy Spirit speaks to every single person in this room. God, I pray that I, I decrease and that you increase. And Lord, I thank you for the opportunity that Pastor Aaron and Pastor Mitch and Pastor Diane have to pour in to Hope Life Church. And God, I pray that they receive such a huge blessing this weekend. God, I pray that their church goes to a new level this weekend. I thank you that they, they get to walk into new momentum because of what you're doing there today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, um... This, this one time, my wife and I, we went to Disney. We love Disney. We're big Disney people. So we went to Disney, and um, we were, like, getting ready to go on this bus. And when, if you've never been to Disney, there's a lot of people in certain areas, uh, uh, like, a lot. And, like, buses everywhere. There's, like, a lot of chaos, and it's kind of crazy. So we're going to get on this, this one bus here. And we get on, and we're supposed to be going to the airport to go home. And, man, there is, like, just mass chaos happening. Like, there's just buses, and people are trying to go to a park, and some people are getting there for the day, some people are leaving for the day. There's luggage being tossed around. I don't even know how it gets on the right bus. And it's just like, it's crazy. And all of a sudden, this person jumps on this bus, this woman, and she runs up and down this massive bus, screaming in an unknown language, and then runs off. True story, I promise. And I'm like, did that just happen? <laughs> like, what's going on? And so, like, you know, there's silence on the bus for a minute. And then, like, everyone starts talking again. And then all of a sudden, here comes a man doing the exact same thing. And I'm like, bro, I don't know what you're saying. Like, I would love to help you, but, like, I'm struggling here. And it's, like, panic. And all of a sudden, this, the bus driver gets on and goes, hey, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, they lost their daughter. And it's a terrible feeling. Yeah, that's how I felt, too, is, like, there's thousands of people on and off buses and mass chaos. And, like, they're in panic. They're worried, as you can imagine. 
Like, they cannot find their daughter. How easy would it be for someone to take her or for her just to get on the wrong bus? And now she's at a random park that how, obviously they don't speak English. So that's another challenge. And like, there is so much happening. And it's just like this mass chaotic moment. And that's what's happening in the Bible that we just read. See, the disciples and Jesus, they're on this boat and they're going across this massive lake and this crazy storm hits, like that, that people would consider a hurricane, right? It's pouring water into the boat. I can imagine some disciples are like, get a bucket, hurry up, like get the water out. Someone else is like, just love everybody, John, thank you, right? And he's like, just fine, just love everybody. And he's like, love's not gonna get us through this one, bro. And like, here we are, and the, bo- and the boat's like going under and like they're screaming, somebody grab hold of the boat, get us in the right direction. Should we turn around? What's going on? Mass chaos. And then someone's like, where's Jesus? And I'm like, I can, I can like imagine that, like Peter being like, bro, when I find Jesus, like I'm gonna tell him that he needs to be out here helping get water out of the boat. We're gonna die. And like, I can imagine this crazy tense moment. Have you ever been there? Like your soul. Like not maybe like on a bus looking for your lost kid or a boat that's going under, but your soul. This mass chaotic moment and you're trying to handle all of this stuff, and you're trying to say it's okay, but it's really not okay, and you feel like you're gonna go under, but you don't really know if you're gonna go under. Should you turn around? Are you really following God? Do you really hear the, even know the voice of God? Are you even saved? I don't know. I've been in church for 35 years. I don't know. And it's just chaos, chaos, chaos. And it feels like, how am I ever gonna get through this one? How am I ever gonna get to the other side? How am I ever gonna get to where God called me, called me to be? Like, and then I'm sure you're wondering, like, how does this connect to being a generational church? Like, it's good, but like, how? here's why. Because we cannot be, a, be generationally minded and worry-filled at the same time. We can't think long-term and be freaking out in here and now at the same time. We cannot think, let me build for the future. And what if my kids see me mess up at the same time? Because if we do that, we will never take steps of faith because we're afraid they'll see us mess up. Or maybe you're in here and your parents aren't even in church with you. And you're here as a student. First of all, I would say, like, let's go. That's awesome. And second of all, I would say, you're here and you're thinking, how is my faith ever going to be connected to my parents being in church today? I want to be generationally minded that way. And can I tell you that If you're worry-filled about their life, you cannot think long-term. Jesus is saying, let's go to the other side. And can I tell you something? I think a lot of us, we like to get in the boat. We like to think big long-term. We like to think big. We like to think generational. But somewhere in the middle, we hit a storm. Should we turn back? Somewhere in the middle, it's like worry happens on the way. And all of a sudden, our lives are consumed with worry and anxiety and stress and being overwhelmed. And now we don't know, like, did I really hear God? How am I going to get to what God asked me to do? Can I tell you, nothing will keep you from the life God's called you to live quite like anxiety and worry. Nothing. Nothing will keep you stuck quite like that. Nothing will keep you right where you're at quite like being overwhelmed with where you're at. Because you don't know, like, should I take a step this way? Should I take a step that way? Should I turn the boat around? Should I get water out of the boat? How, what do I do? 
And so today I want to talk about three things. It's going to be really quick. Three things we do when we face worry. Like three things that we have to do whenever we face worry. When, when you and I are in our, in our lives and we feel like, how am I going to show faith to my son or my daughter when I don't really know if I'm going to put gas in the car or buy groceries? And so now I'm worried. And now you're wondering, how am I going to show faith? What do we do? When your parents are getting older and now you're concerned about how they're going to live by themselves and you want to show that you believe in God and, and everything's going to be good, but like you're also worried and like, what do you do? We're going to talk about what do we do when we face worry. So Jesus is with his disciples and he said, hey, let's get in a boat. Let's go to the other side of this massive lake. They get in the boat, they head out and this crazy hurricane-like storm hits. Water starts dumping into the boat, mass chaos, worry everywhere, right? And I think the first thing you and I need to know whenever we find ourselves in worry is this, we have to get to Jesus. If you didn't hear anything else today, this is what you need to hear get to Jesus. You need to find Jesus. In that mass chaos, somebody asked the question, where's Jesus? Can I tell you, that is the most critical question in the entire text. Not get a bucket, not should we turn around, not like, are we going to die? Where is Jesus? And can I tell you, when you're filled with worry and you find yourself going under, that is the most critical question you can ask yourself. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? How can I get to him? You see, I think a lot of our, our lives, I think you can write this down. Too many of us, we try to handle worry ourselves when Jesus is on the boat. That's crazy to me because I do it too. Like I try to handle worry. I try to handle it myself when Jesus is on the boat with me and I try to get the water out of the boat myself before ever asking him for help. I try to decide if I should turn around without ever asking him for help. I, I try to do this thing over and over and over again. Like, and what I, I found, maybe you do the same thing. You walk into church today and you're like, I'm good, I'm, I'm fine. And we try to put a mask on. We try to like hide what's going on in our life. But really we're so worried and so, so afraid and it's paralyzing us. It's paralyzing us from taking a next step, from thinking long-term, from pouring into the next generation, for leaving a legacy for our family. It's keeping us stuck because we're trying to handle it without giving it to Jesus. And can I just say, like, you're here at church, that's great, but what I learned in this text is this. We can be in the right place the wrong way. You can be in church right here and also be checking your fancy football lineup for the day. Wrong way. You can be in church and wondering what you're going to eat afterwards. Wrong way. They're on the boat with Jesus the wrong way. That's crazy. They have the answer sitting with them in the boat, but they're too focused on the storm around them. And what I've learned is that a lot of us, we're, we leave a sinking boat as an inheritance for the next generation because we're too prideful to go to Jesus with our worry. And we're like, ah. And we wonder why our kids are like terrified of everything because we never dealt with the worry and the anxiety in us. And then we're like, well, why are you so afraid all the time? 
because you're so afraid all the time. And I'm talking to myself too. Like how many times is it you come home from work and you sit down and you're stressed out over something and you take it out on your kids and then you wonder why your kids have to deal with anxiety and worry when they're in middle school? Because we've never showed them, hey, this might come, but we have a name that is greater. This might show up, but we know someone who is bigger than the storm. They might be here, but we're gonna find Jesus in all of this, right? And so here they are, they're trying to find Jesus. They're trying to get to Jesus. And I, I, I felt like I was supposed to tell somebody this. It's free, it has nothing to do with my message, but I felt like I was supposed to tell somebody. So here's what I was supposed to tell you. We can't let our circumstances determine the success of what God spoke. Because Jesus told them to go to the other side and they hit a storm. And I felt like I was supposed to tell somebody that just because you're in a storm doesn't mean you didn't hear God speak. And if you heard God speak and the storm is there, you're going in the right direction. Just keep going. Just keep finding Jesus. Like, don't quit now. Like, don't give up now. Because I, I know for me, I've learned that all storms look exactly the same from the inside. That a storm of disobedience and a storm of obedience, they look exactly the same on the inside. Like, it's just as stressful, just as chaotic, just as crazy. But there's something on the inside that's different because I'm here because God told me to be here and I'm here because he told me to go to the other side. I'm here and if the storm is there, hey, you might be going the right direction. Okay, back to where we're going. Okay, so how do we get to Jesus? Like, I can tell you that. I'd be like, hey, Pastor Brittany, get to Jesus. Cool. Like, she's like, where's he at? Because I've never really met him face to face. Right? You know I mean, like, I'm glad you haven't because you'd be dead if you were, right? But like, how do I get to Jesus? That's a practical question but it really leads to a supernatural response. Here's a couple of things. I'm gonna go quick with these. You can read the Bible. You can read the Bible. If you don't know how to read the Bible, let me tell you, there's a couple of things I would encourage you to do. You can read in the book of John. Find the book of John. It's all about the love that God has for you and for me. Find a translation that you can actually understand. There's a free app called YouVersion. YouVersion has every translation in the Bible and it will read it to you. So like, that's amazing, right? So like, if you don't like to read or you have trouble, like, let it, let it read to you, right? Here's another thing, not just, not just read the Bible, but you can be in church. You can be in church. You can be in church the right way. Like, you know, we talked about like right way, wrong way. You know what I mean? You can be in church with your notes, ready to take, like, God, what do you have for me today? I'm going to worship with everything that I have. I'm not going to hold back because I had a rough day. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold back because this week was crazy. Like, I know, like, what do you have for me? Expect and ready to go. Put your phone on, do not disturb so that way you can take notes and not be distracted. Like, be in church, right? How about this? Be in community. Find the right people, right? Because when we're filled with anxiety and worry, nothing is better for us then we run over to someone else and be like, hey, Steve, I'm worried. And Steve's like, oh, me too, me too. That's terrible. And we think that's great, but we always run to the person who's just as worried as we are. And we're like, ah, oh, see, I'm not that messed up because like, look at Steve, you know? And like, here we are. And we do that all the time. Find somebody who looks at you and say, hey, listen, I understand, but like, where's Jesus in this? Let's find, and like, we find someone who builds us up. Be in a group, find somebody here today. Hey, I need help. I need someone to pray with me, lead me, talk with me, right? Like we need to be in community. And lastly, hey, pray on his prayers. Be real with God. Like don't like, this storm is such a blessing. No, he knows what's in your heart. So just tell him, God, I'm really mad that I'm in a storm and I'm following you. I'm still gonna trust you and all, but like, can you like give me a direction of what to do? Like be honest with God. Can I tell you really quickly, one way that has helped me so much in this moment is I have a journal where I write my prayers down 
and my wife told me to do it, and I thought it was a girl thing. I was like, I'm not doing that. And so, um, and then like, <laughs> don't judge me. And so I have a journal now that I write my prayers down because it's not a girl thing. It's amazing, and it allows me to be really honest with God and not get distracted because I'm like, Lord, I love you so much, man. I'm hungry. I want Qdoba, and I get so distracted. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? And so when I'm writing it down, like I can't write, I want Kadobo because I'm like, I'm writing something down, right? Like write down your prayers, be honest. Like, listen, be like, that, that's pretty extreme. Listen, if you're in the storm of worry and anxiety, it might take extreme to get out. Do it. Like, what's your other option? Let the boat go under? What's the other option? Not build generationally for your, for your family, right? And so here they are. They're saying, where's Jesus. Now, this is how I kind of imagine it happening, okay, is they find Jesus, and he's asleep. They wake him up, and I imagine Jesus getting up, and he's kind of irritated. You know, like when you wake your mom up, and it's like Saturday morning at like 6 o'clock, and she's like, for the love of God, what do you need? Like, that's kind of what I imagine is happening. We all know that. We all know that conversation, right? And so, like, he, like, gets up, and I can imagine him, like, stretching, you know, like, kind of, like, stumbling around because his eyes are kind of half open, you know, and, like, the boat is like going crazy. People are screaming and Jesus is just like trying to find the edge of the boat. He like gets to the boat, kind of like rubs his eyes, does a little stretch, like maybe like, you know, cracks his back, kind of like something like that. And he's like, hey, peace be still and whew, quiet. That simple. Like that's how I imagine it happening. And I think when we're filled with worry and we're filled with anxiety and we're, we're having a hard time of building long-term, I think we have to get to Jesus. And secondly, we have to obey like the waves. We have to obey like the waves. You know, what's crazy is, um, I don't know if you saw this, but Jesus says, peace be still, and the storm listens, and yet later in the text, the disciples are still scared. They obeyed. They did not. The wind obeyed. And Peter is still freaking out. Who is this guy? Terrified. And I can't help but wonder if when Jesus said, peace, be still, if he was speaking to the wind and the worry. If Jesus was over here saying, I'm going to speak to the storm around you and the one in you. And I can't help but wonder if they just missed it. If Jesus is trying to calm both storms. And one obeyed, and one didn't. I can't help but wonder if, like, am I like that? Are you like that? Like, is Jesus saying, hey, Savannah, peace, be still. And you're like, yeah, I will, but let me figure this out first. I, I do that all the time. Yeah, I, I'm good. I, I got it, Jesus. And we let what's around us get in us. And I, I can't help but wonder if he's trying to tell this so simple, but he's saying even the natural things, even the wind, the waves, even nature knows how to obey. Why doesn't your soul? Like, I, I get it. Like, that's easy to say. It's really hard to do. I understand. But what's crazy to me is as I was studying this, the wind, the waves, the nature, it's obeying, that's great, it's incredible. And then I realized something as I'm studying, the Bible, another translation tells us that this storm was demonic in nature. So like, it wasn't just a normal storm, right? Like, it was like something crazy. 
Here's something that will kind of like hit you hard because it did me. Even the demons obey, but my soul doesn't. That like hurt me because I was like, God, I'm sorry. You know, like those kind of moments, like even the enemy obeyed the words of Jesus. Peace. And we live our life freaking out. We live our life in panic. We live our life in worry and anxiety from thing to thing to thing. And we just need to obey like the waves. Can I tell you, you will never live in the peace of God until you are obedient to God. You won't. No matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you think you're going to be do it, no matter if you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be find peace. I'm going to come up here and someone's going to. Listen, if you're not obedient, you're never going to find peace. If God told you to take a step and you're stuck, you're not going to find peace. If God told you to stay and you take a step, you're not going to find peace. Peace is found in obedience. Peace is found where God says, this is where I'm at. That's where peace is found. And I think it's so important for us to know that because in my life, I've, I've searched and searched for peace. I've like, God, I need you. Like everything is stressing me out. And yet I'm not obedient to the last thing he asked me to do. Can I tell you a life hack that I heard one time? If you don't know what to do, do the last thing God told you to do and spend time in his presence. That's it. If you don't know what, what, what am I supposed to do, do the last thing you know he told you to do and spend time in his presence and you'll figure it out. Like that, that's it. Like obedience, right? Listen to Psalm uh, 55, 22. Like for somebody, you need to like write this verse down, take a picture of the screen. You need to do something. Like if this is hitting home to you, you need to see this promise, right? It says this. So here's what I've learned through it all. Leave all your cares, all your anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. That's obedience. That's it. That's the secret to the storm. That's obeying like the waves saying, here I am. I'm going to give it all to you and you can strengthen me. I don't have what it takes to strengthen me through a storm. You don't have what it takes to strengthen yourself through a storm. Only Jesus has what it takes to strengthen you through the storm. Only Jesus can get you through. And if you're trying to do it and carry the weight and anxiety and worry and all that, you're going to go under. It, there's, there's no option. It's when we release it that there's a reward. It's when we say, God, here it is that the blessing happens, right? And so here are these people and they're, they're like watching the waves obey and they're watching what's happening, and yet there's still anxiety and worry on the inside. And I want you to write this down, especially if you're a parent, okay? I want you to write this down. A life that is obedient to God leaves a legacy of faith for generations to come. If you want to think long-term and you want to be generational, listen, you have to be obedient and let the anxiety and the worry go. You can't, you can't hold on to the weight of what might happen and try to leave a legacy for your kids one day. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Like, like what happens if, what if this goes on? What if I find myself and we try to carry it all and God says, give it. And I, can I tell you that the waves obey, the enemy obeyed, but will you? Will you? That's a question only you can answer. That's a question only I can answer for myself. Like, will we obey? And it's crazy because they, they do all this, they do all this, and they, 
They get to the other side. And what's crazy is, I, I, as I was reading the text, something I never saw um, was this, is that at the beginning, we're told water is pouring into the bow. Right? Remember that, like, big storm, water pouring into the bow? Jesus comes up, oh, stretches, hey, peace be still, remember that. And we're never told what happened to the water in the boat. Like, like maybe, potentially, possibly, Jesus, like, miraculously got that out of the, out of the boat too. I don't know, maybe. I think if I was writing the Bible, I, pro- I would have included that detail. And all the water left the boat. And because it didn't, like, I think maybe this is, like, what Jesus was trying to show us is this, is that when we find ourselves in the storm of worry and anxiety and pressure, and we're trying to handle things for our kids and our parents, and, and we're trying to think long-term, like, what do, we, what do we do? We get to Jesus, right? We obey like the waves, and lastly, we get the water out of the boat. Get to Jesus, obey like the waves, and get the water out of the boat. Listen, this is the really practical part of the message, so don't check out, because just because it sounds practical doesn't mean there isn't spiritual to it, right? Because sometimes we like, well, if it's not in the Bible, then it can't work. No, listen, I, this, this changed my life. If something is causing you anxiety in your life, you need to get it out of the boat. Like that, like that right there. If something is causing you anxiety, get it out of the boat. Maybe it's Instagram, TikTok, or for the love of God, Facebook, right? Like one of those things, and it's like causing you anxiety every time you get on. Unfollow the account or just delete the app, right? Like it's not required to have social media in your life, right? Or put a time limit on your phone. Do something to get the water out of the boat. Because here's what's crazy is you can get to Jesus, you can obey like the waves, and your boat can still be sinking because you didn't do your job. Because I'm faithful to do here, God is faithful to do here. God's not going to let us down, but sometimes we're asking God to do something that only we can do. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. Like, no, you can do that. I'll do what you can't do, and I'll give you direction, but you need to have faith and do it yourself too. And for some of you, the most spiritual thing you can do right now is pull out your phone and delete the app. Like that's the most spiritual thing you can do. Or maybe, maybe your thing isn't like, your water is not like social media, but maybe it's a person. And maybe somebody in your life causes anxiety and stress over and over and over and over and over and over again. Now I'm not saying just like, Forget you, right? Like, Jesus loves you. Like, no, don't do that. And like, but what I am saying is, maybe you need to have a conversation with them. Maybe you need to be real with them and say, listen, this is not healthy for me. Maybe you do need to delete the number. Like, maybe that is your step. Like, maybe there's somebody who has no way they're gonna help you get closer to Jesus and they've made that clear. Then they don't need to be in the boat. Like, I just wanna tell you that, like, if you're in a relationship and they're, they've made it clear they're not going to find Jesus, they need to be out of the boat. Because God has a purpose and a call for you. And if you're going to let someone else hold you back from that, you're never going to be generationally thinking. You're never going to build a family that can honor God. You're never going to do it because you're always going to find yourself at a tug of war. Like if there's a person 
hey, figure it out. Have a conversation. Delete the number. Make a, make a way where you're like, hey, I'm not going to go out to lunch with you every single day at work, right? Like, figure, like, do something practical. Maybe it's not that, but maybe for you, it's like you do, like, crazy things like I do, and you're like, I'm coughing. WebMD, why am I coughing? If you Google why you're coughing, you will tell yourself you're getting ready to die in three minutes and like you better just figure it out because like it's terrible and yet we do it over and over and over again. Like, oh, like is this like, I don't know. I'm just gonna Google it. Terrible idea. And yet we do it and like, listen, we put water in our own boat or maybe it's the show that you're watching. Like maybe you're binge watching anxiety you think like, oh, I'm, 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 lo- I'm loving this show. But what you're actually doing is pouring worry and anxiety and stress into your life. And every time you turn it off, you're like, what is wrong with me? You're not being obedient. The Holy Spirit said, don't watch that. And you did it anyway. Listen, I, I'm, I'm there. I was telling my grandparents about this one day that there was this show that I was watching and I loved it and I loved it so much. And there's nothing wrong with the show. In fact, they actually have biblical principles in it. And yet I felt like God told me not to watch it. and I did it anyway because, you know, I thought I was better than God. Don't judge me because some of you all are like, yeah, okay. And yet, like, what ends up happening is I find myself so stressed out. I'm trying to finish the season because I want to know what happened. And I'm like, every time I turn off, I'm like, what is wrong with me? And I realized that I was not being obedient. And so I stopped watching the show. And to this day, I don't know what happened. And it really bothers me a lot because I really want to know what happened. And I, it's, it's annoying. But I still have to say... Maybe you're watching something and the season finale is coming up and you tell yourself, I'll just watch it, then quit. That's not obedience. That's not obedience. And you cannot expect the peace of God by doing it your way. You cannot, exp- you cannot expect worry and anxiety to break off of you doing it your way. It's God's way or no way. Like that, that's the options here. And you might be like, listen, Pastor Devin, that's, that's pretty intense. Yeah, it is. You're right, but it might take a massive step of faith to figure out this one question. And I want everyone, if you didn't write anything down, write this down. What is my water? What is that thing for you? I can't tell you, like I, like I might be able to talk to you and help you, but like I cannot tell you what is your water. Like maybe for some of you, your water is staying up to 5 a.m. playing COD and then wanting to go to school the next day. And you wonder why you're so stressed out and so anxious because you're running on one hour of sleep for like 84 days in a row. And you're like, what is wrong with me? Nothing is wrong with you. What is wrong with you? You're not being obedient to God. That's what's wrong. What is your water? What are you going to get out of the boat? What step are you going to take? See, they get to the other side. Now, I don't have time to read everything that I'm about to tell you. Like, I'm going to go fast because the band's on the stage, which means I've got to wrap up, okay? And so, but if you want to know what I'm talking about, read Mark chapter 5 this week. Remember how we talked about reading the Bible? Here's where you can read. Read all of Mark chapter 5. It's like two pages, right? Like, read that. And that's what I'm about to tell you. So they get to the other side of the lake, and they step out of the boat, and Jesus steps out, And a man comes out of a graveyard and he comes up and he is possessed with thousands of demons, okay? Um, And so Jesus has this conversation with the demons inside the man. He's like, what is your name? They say, my name is Legion, which means there's roughly 6,000 demons in this guy. And you thought you were jacked up, but yeah, okay. And so he's like, yeah, here I am. 
And they're like, hey, you're gonna cast me out because I know you're the son of God. So can you do it in these pigs? So they say, okay, Jesus is like, hey, go to the pigs. They throw in the pigs. The pigs jump off the cliff. The man's free. Then Jesus goes to get back in the boat and the guy comes to the boat and he says, can I come too? And it's the craziest thing. Jesus says, nope. What? No, go home and tell your family. And Jesus gets in the boat and goes back to the other side. You know, the side they came from before the massive storm. And so they get over to the other side and Jesus gets off the boat here and a massive crowd happens. Okay, so like people everywhere, like, oh, it's crazy. And like, he's walking, he's walking. And this really important guy named Jairus comes up to him. He goes, Jesus, my daughter, she's dying. Like, I need you. He's like, yeah, let's go, right? And I'm gonna follow you. So he follows him through the crowd and they're like pushing through the crowd. And then there's this conversation that happens because there's this woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. She has the faith that says, if I can just touch Jesus, things will change. So he touches his robe and Jesus turns around. He's like, hey, like you're healed. And they have this conversation. While they're talking, Jairus is here and gets the news, hey, your daughter died. And so Jesus is like, hey, hold on one second. Don't worry, just have faith. Hey, listen, you're, you're good. And then he goes to this house and then he goes over to Jairus. This is all in Mark chapter five. And I promise it's important, okay? So he gets, he gets to Jairus' house and he goes and there's people everywhere. And people are like, Jesus is like, don't worry, she's just sleeping. And they all start laughing at him because like, bro, she don't have a pulse. Like, she's gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you're wrong here. And Jesus is like, get out. Like, if you don't have faith, get out, right? Because like people who cause anxiety and stress and worry cannot cause faith at the same time, right? Because sometimes you have to clear the house so God can do something in your house. Sometimes you got to take a, dr a drastic step of faith and say, listen, I know we're friends. I know you're here to help me. But like, at the end of the day, I need Jesus more than I need anyone else, right? And so Jesus goes in the room, closes the door, says to the girl, Talitha Kum, which means little girl, get up. He says, she gets up and she's awake and she walks out and everyone's like, whoa. Okay, so that's all Mark chapter five. Now, the reason that happened is what I, what I discovered is you remember on the boat, like back to the first story, they're on the boat, storm happens, Jesus calms the storm and then they say, who is this man? Who is this guy who even the wind listens? Now, what I think happened is the guy who had all the demons. He goes home and he knocks on the door and he opened the door and his wife meets him and there's tears in her eyes because for the first time in years, he's free. The first time in her, their entire kid's life, he's free. And he walks in the door and I can imagine the little boy sitting playing with some cars in the, in the living room. And he turns around and his mom is crying. And the boy's never met the dad because dad was always possessed with demons. And the boy goes, mom, who is this man? Why are you crying? And I can imagine the dad getting down on the floor and saying, let me tell you about a man. Let me tell you about someone who set me free. Let me tell you about somebody. And then I can imagine the woman who was bleeding for 12 years, going back to her friends because then she would have been considered unclean. Everywhere she went, she would have to scream, unclean, unclean. Everywhere she went, what was wrong with her defined her. And in a moment, Jesus changed it all. And I can imagine her going back to her friends and like, you won't believe it. And like, what happened? They tell, she tells the story and they're like, who is this man? Who is this guy? 
And then like, I can imagine like Jairus, like he, they remember all the people who are like, she's just sleeping, he, she's dead, she's not sleeping. He wakes the girl up, the girl goes out. And I can imagine the conversation is like, who is this man that even death listens? Who, who is this guy? Listen, I want you to hear this, that when we defeat worry and anxiety, it will set a generation free around us. When we deal with the worry of the storm, generation after generation after generation finds freedom. This guy who could never be free is free. This woman who struggled is free. The next generation of a girl who is, who's dead is free. And all of it happened back to back to back from this storm of worry. If the disciples would have quit, none of those people would have got their breakthrough. Listen to me, someone's breakthrough is waiting on you breaking free. Somebody, somebody in the generational line of your family is waiting for you to say, enough is enough. I'm tired of anxiety having us at the throat as a family. Enough is enough. I'm gonna break free. There, are, there is a generation of people, their parents might be waiting, your grandparents might be looking at you and saying, I want faith like that because you chose to break free from anxiety and worry and the storm and you get to the other side and now generations are free. And now they come to you and they say, who was that man? Who was that guy who set you free? Who, who was that person? And now you have a door, you have, you have a way to say, let me tell you about a man. Let me tell you about somebody who set me free. Let me tell you, it all started because I got to that man, because I got to him. It all started, me breaking free happened. And can I tell you the same thing can happen for you? You know, that story, remember when we were at Disney and the, there was like mass chaos on the bus? There was like panic and it's kind of how the, the text started. And after a while, cause you know, this girl's missing. The bus driver comes on and he's like, hey, we just wanna, we just wanna look for her one more time because we gotta go, we gotta get you guys to the airport. And so they come on the bus and the girl was on the bus the entire time. She didn't speak English. So it was really scary for her. She's in the back of this massive seat and no one sees her. Her parents even ran by because worry will change your perspective. And they run by and they run by again. And then the next one runs by and runs by again. Can I tell you, she was there the whole time. Jesus has been here the whole time. The whole time that you've been waiting to break free, Jesus has been here. The whole time you, you're in the storm and you're longing for a breakthrough, Jesus has been there the entire time. The, the, the whole time that you're here and you're saying, I want to leave a legacy for my family, not one of divorce, not one of anxiety, not one of just constant battle after battle after battle. I wanna leave a legacy of Jesus. He's been there the entire time and he's just waiting for you to deal with the worry so you can see clearly. 
He's just waiting for you to say, all right, I need to take a breath and get to Jesus. Because when I do, everything changes. Listen, I want, I want us to do this. Can we all stand to our feet? And I want to, I want to pray for you. And here in a moment, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna worship together. But I want, to, I want to just have a moment with God, like an honest, real moment with God. Not with me, not with the person next to you, not with like anyone else, but you and Jesus. So what I want to do, I want us to close our eyes and I want you to just be real for a moment. If you're in here today and you have found anxiety and worry just crippling you, keeping you from building a generation, keeping you from, from saying, I'm gonna pour into what's next, keeping you from the life God's called you to live. Can you just be honest and raise your hand? Like, it's okay, yeah, hands are going up everywhere. You're not alone. There's a lot of people with their hands raised, right? Now I'm gonna ask you to do something really, 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 really bold. I want you to come up front and worship with us. Like right now, come on, step out of your seat. And you're like, nope, Pastor Devin, not doing it, not doing it, no. You're gonna let the anxiety keep you stuck now? You got all the way here and now you're not gonna break free? Are you kidding me? Like all of these people are for you. All of us were like, hey, let's go. Like, let's do it. Like, if you didn't raise your hand and you're supposed to be up here, get up here. If you're back there and you're like, I'm not, listen, this is your step of obedience. This is it. You cannot live in the peace of God doing life your way. Is there anything magical about coming up front? Absolutely not. <laughs> there's nothing, I promise there's not. But what it is, is a step of faith. Because everything, I will promise everyone up here will tell you, the anxiety and worry is like, for the love of Jesus, please stop talking, turn the lights off so no one can see me and let me just like worship, right? Like that's what's happening on the inside. But what God is saying is like, this is, this is your step, man. This is it. I wanna, I wanna break free. I wanna pour into the next generation through you. I don't want you to just like let the move of God die with you. I want your kids and their 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 kids to look back and say, what happened to my family? I found a man right here and his name is Jesus and he set me free. He changed me. He did something different in me. Listen, it all starts with us saying, God, I need you. That's it. So we're gonna worship and this song, the chorus literally says, I need you. That's it. Because that's, that's the secret. Get to Jesus. Obey like the waves and get the water out of the boat. So all over this room, I want us to close our eyes. And if you're up front, I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Just as a sign of surrender, just as a sign of saying, God, I'm open, I'm available, I'm ready to hear from you. And listen, if you're in the back, listen, you're worshiping for their breakthrough too. Because one day roles will be reversed and they'll be back there and you'll be up here. We're in this thing together. We're stronger together. Like, we're gonna do this thing together. So God, I, I pray over every single person who has their hand raised. And Lord, I pray right now, God, a blessing of breakthrough. God, I pray that the worry and the anxiety and the stress breaks off of them right here, right now. God, I thank you for this moment. I think that they're gonna be able to look back and say, something broke off of me in this moment, that people are gonna be free because what happened in me this moment. God, I thank you that right here, generations are being set free. God, I thank you that families are being set free. God, I thank you that right here, everything that has been trying to distract us from this moment has to be quiet. Like the storm, silence, be still. Jesus is speaking. God, we need you. We can't do this thing without you. 
God, we don't want to do this thing without you. God, we want to do it your way, live in the peace of God that you have for us. We want to, we want to build a generation. We want to be big thinkers. And God, we want to follow you with all that we have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.